Thank you, Picker. I like hearing that song first thing here on Sunday morning. And good morning to all you listeners out there. My name is R.T. Lowe, and you're listening to For Your Information here on Cox Radio. For Your Information is a public affairs program, and we try to have someone on from the community that can tell us some things that maybe y'all aren't all aware of, and possibly we can fill you in on some things if you do know about it. Uh, You can learn more about it. Today I have a great guest. He is the manager of the Trinity River National Wildlife Refuge. Now, if you don't know what that is, we're going to be telling you about it in just a minute. Stuart Marcus is his name, and uh, Stuart, are you there? Yes, I'm here, R.T. How's things over in, I guess uh, you're considered the Liberty area, right? Well, the uh, the Trinity River National Wildlife Refuge is located all within Liberty County. It It is as far north as uh, Highway 787. We do have a piece of property up uh, up in that area, and it goes as far south as uh, the old river area along the Trinity River. So it's about 40-some miles long uh, with individual tracks located up and down the Trinity River floodplain. We, we flood. When it rains, we get the water. That's something that we want to probably go into in a little bit, how, how uh, it came about that all of your area gets flooded. Well, we were established... Uh, back in the early 1990s uh, for the express purpose of trying to preserve some bottomland hardwood habitat uh, that is disappearing rather rapidly here in in Texas, and we're one of the last remaining places that has some of that good habitat. And it basically, uh, because it's called the bottoms, uh, it does flood. So when, when the Trinity River gets up to a certain stage, we get a lot of uh, water coming from the river, or even if it just rains, it, it stays in our uh, in a lot of our property that has uh, a lot of depressions and ponds and cypress areas, things that just tend to hold water. So we, we get a lot of uh, the critters that, that are specific to, uh, well, essentially they, they need to like water or they're not going to be around. And, and this, is, this is an area that is supernatural for texas i I don't mean uh above normal i guess it is in a way but this is what texas most of east texas was but prior to mankind coming in and reworking things Uh, that's uh that's correct a a lot of east texas uh even though it's been converted over the years to other types of development or uses basically many many counties were would get flooded at certain times of the year, depending on, you know, of course, rain. And uh, things have changed a little bit with, with the dams being put in on the uh, on the Trinity. But even the other uh, rivers to the east of us, uh, especially the San Jacinto and the Natchez River, things like that, um, they still flood, and a lot of the adjacent areas are, are floodplains. But there just is not as much of it left as, as there is here in the... Um, along the trinity river and we're just trying to keep some of it uh you know so that the grandkids one day will know what a tree looks like and uh with water around it and correct me if i'm wrong they they call it a caddo area is it well caddo is just another one of the um uh areas more to the north more northeast texas it, it just there's different names for different areas uh 
they, they just call us like the lower Trinity River Basin because we're at the lower end of it. But right. um, there's different pockets up and down the, the uh, East Texas, Southeast Texas that uh, probably have some local names that, you know, that I don't even know about. And it comes from the Indians, right? That... Right, right. That's uh, one of the numerous tribes that, that have been uh, in the area back in the day, the Caddo and the, and the Cushada uh, Indians. And there were, there were others, too. I just don't know all their names. And, and the areas you're talking about, that you're talking about a diversity of wildlife. You have a little bit of everything in there, don't you? Oh, we do. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, 30,000 acres, uh, give or take. Uh, it, it's not all in one contiguous block, as I, as I mentioned earlier. It's, some of it's just an acre or two, and in others we have up to five or 6,000 acres. But, uh, oh, we've documented oh, well over... 200 species of birds. We have probably close to 700 species of plants. Um, we have, I don't know, 75 to 80 species of butterflies. But one of the more interesting and, and not very well-known uh, aspects is that uh, I've documented over 800 species of moths in the, uh, just here at my office uh, in Liberty. That's amazing. That. That's just a lot of moths that you managed to... <laughs> that sure is. I, I tell people that if somebody who ever told me that you could stick out a light and with a sheet out in your backyard and get 800 different kinds of moths, I would have lost a lot of paychecks if I was you know, thinking I'd ever get that many. You know, I, I was hoping to get 100, and, and that went by real quick. Yeah, those the animals that come out at night you know with the lights but you've got everything back in there and hopefully some uh you're trying to offer a place for some species that mankind basically ran out right well that's true we have um one of the uh, or, or we have the largest it's a, it's a long name but it's called the raffinesque big-eared bat it's a um a tree-dwelling bat uh, more so than what you think of of caves and things like that. Right. The raffinous big-eared bat, which of course eats a lot of the moths uh, that <laughs> fly around at night, the uh, the refuge is, is home to uh, almost 200 that we have in in some of our artificial towers uh, that we've built for them that uh, that resemble trees. We we built these tall towers, and they move between our towers and and into the the native habitat. But like you said. Um, some of these areas that used to have old-growth trees that have been cut down or died over the years, uh, that's where these bats live uh, at different times of the year. So hopefully that if we preserve enough old trees that you know, they'll eventually move out of our artificial sites and go back, you know, go back to nature. And, and in that, in that uh, uh, talking about old trees, we are... Hopefully, and it hasn't happened yet, and it's and it may not happen in my lifetime. But we are looking one day to get the black bear back into East Texas. Um, it is in Louisiana, of course, and it's in Northeast Texas. But uh, if we can preserve enough habitat and and they can figure out how to how to make their way from Louisiana and get across all the highways and the the rivers and whatever, um, historically we used to have black bears quite quite regular in this part of the, the state and uh we would like to one day you know see them make their their way back into here 
And we're speaking with Stuart Marcus, and uh, he is with the uh, Trinity River National Wildlife Refuge. He's the manager of the refuge. And uh, as its uh, name implies, uh, it works along the Trinity River, and uh, it's uh, hopefully a refuge for both uh, animals and and plant matter that uh, you just uh, we're, we're trying to keep in our state you know too many things we you know early on well we used to have jaguars those did not go over really where well with the people because they had tendency to eat the people and eat their critters and the same thing happened with the bears we almost got rid of the alligators too it we've been rough on uh, nature mankind is kind of rough on nature yes it it has i mean it's 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 what happens when when you grow i mean there's room for both uh the wildlife refuge uh, of course is here to uh, uh protect a certain type of habitat and and uh and what goes along with that but we also um deal a lot with people we uh we have hunting and we have fishing and we have bird watching we have trails uh, we have you know a lot of activities that that the that the folks can uh use uh you know some of our, uh, you know some of what we have, uh, you know, for their benefit, and uh, and pleasure, recreation type stuff. So, it's um, it's kind of an all around uh, sort of place. You know, there there's some national wildlife refuges, and when I when I say national, it's because we're federal. We're not the the uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. We're not we're not run by the state. We're run by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. But some wildlife refuges may be so specific that they're closed to the public because they may have something out there that that uh, is so endangered or so threatened that they you know can't afford to have people go out there and 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 mess with it or something but uh, this refuge happens to be one that's open to the public and um, daylight hours and uh, we have like I said many many different types of activities going on that that people can uh, use here well first if you don't mind uh, tell the folks how they can learn more about it, uh, find out where your offices are and things like that, because you have a great website and such. Sure. The, the, the first thing, of course, would be the website if um, if they just use any search engine and, and type in Trinity River Refuge or Trinity River National Wildlife Refuge. They're going to come to our website, and uh, they will get uh, um, you know a lot of information, more than you know we can speak about now. But generally, um, our office is located... Uh, within the city limits of Liberty, it's it's on uh, FM 1011, which what the locals around here call Governor's Road, and we're right across the street. Our office is right across the street from the Sam Houston Regional Research Library, and so a lot of folks that do genealogy work and 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 historical type stuff go over there, and and we send people there all the time, and they send people to us <laughs> that that want to know about biology and the refuge. So that's where our office is located, but the um, and we are on uh, the office is actually on the refuge, but we have uh, uh, trail systems all throughout the uh, city park. We adjoin the city park. We have numerous trails up on Highway One uh, One Hundred Five uh, in the Tarkington area, uh, all around where uh, a lot of your listeners are, and um, it, it's. Uh, we're easy to get a hold of. I mean, the office is only open Monday through Friday, you know, 8, 8 to 4.30. But you can always leave us a message on the phone. You can even get a hold of us by email. Uh, we have a Facebook, um, you know, all that stuff that I don't know anything about. <laughs> uh, but, uh, 
uh, we uh, you can like us, and then you'll get all of our emails, and I mean all of our uh, uh, events that we have going on or, or or proposed. And I think one of my favorite parts of the uh, whole thing is the big, beautiful lake out there. Right, we have a, a fantastic lake. It's called Champion Lake. Uh, the reason it's called Champion Lake was Champion Paper Company used to own it. Uh, back until the 1980s. Uh, it's 10 miles south of Dayton uh, in Highway 90 off of FM 1409. There are signs on FM 1409 that, that point to the, the refuge. And that 800-acre lake, at times it goes down to zero when, when we're in a major drought and there's no water, and there's other times it's thousands of acres of water when we're at flood stage. But it's, uh, it's a great place to go fishing uh, during... Um, Waterfowl season, we have a, uh, a special waterfowl season that we allow uh, permitted hunters, uh, if, they, if they put in their applications and everything, they can hunt waterfowl out there. We have some trails. We have a butterfly garden, uh, hummingbird butterfly garden out there, uh, a pier that uh, is totally accessible uh, for wheelchair access or anything. It's about 100 feet out into the lake. and. Uh, it's a really nice place that, uh, if you're lucky enough, you'll you'll catch a decent-sized bass or catfish out there, crappie. And you know, in its beautiful area, the I guess the the fauna, as they say, and fauna, or, or something like that. The flora and Fl- fauna. Flora and fauna. I know it's something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's very pretty. It's very nice. Of course, it is the bottomland, so I suggest some type of something that will keep mosquitoes in such a way you know ironically you go out there during the day uh, and we go out there quite often we never use mosquito spray if it, it you know at night dusk you can get get some of your mosquitoes but during the day it's it's amazing if you know as long as you don't have a lot of old tires laying around and and uh, you know junk and things like that where mosquitoes can breed because if they breed in the lake there's a good chance they're going to get eaten by some little fish out there that will in turn get eaten by a bigger fish and then hopefully the fish you catch will have eaten a lot of little fish so it'll be nice and large but uh, it's not bad Um, uh, we do allow boating out there too um, a 10 horsepower motor or less in in the lake or you can kayak canoe We, we don't allow any recreation sports like jet skis or or water skiing or anything but it's because it is a wildlife refuge so uh, uh we try to keep it keep it you know noise down to a minimum and 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 no big waves and everything out there to disturb things because we have a lot of nesting birds out there we have upwards of five to ten thousand herons and egrets and, and i don't know uh, ibis and everything nesting out there so we uh we don't want to disturb those birds and we're speaking with Stuart Marcus. He's uh, the manager of the Trinity River National Wildlife Refuge, and it's located along uh, a large area of the Trinity River bottomland, in, in all in Liberty County. And the refuge itself, it has so many things going for it because it it actually is. Uh, done pretty good since y'all have taken over as far as its uh, purpose you're really getting a lot of uh, the critters and things back and the birds have been a major part you were talking about people uh birding has just become a a super thing and y'all do a lot of that and have people birding from your uh, uh sanctuary don't you yes we have quite a bit of uh bird watchers coming in we have 
people coming from all across the country. You know, hopefully that might help the economy a little bit here if they buy some gas or whatever. But we have the, uh, you know, a lot of us see them all the time, the, the swallowtail kites, those those nice black and white gray-looking things that have a big fork tail. Well, you know, it might be common for us, but, you know, you come in from California or, or you know, Arizona, you've never seen that bird, so they, they're coming here to, to get it on their on their list and and we like i said we do have a couple of hundred other species of birds we we also hold um annual christmas bird counts uh, we have one that's in the um the uh, cleveland tarkington area um, it's a 15 mile circle that we we do every year and see how many different kinds of birds we can see in a day and we have different groups go out to different areas and and uh, we even get the community, you know, asking, you know, when they see this car go down their road and, <laughs> and three people hop out with binoculars, you know, looking at a field. And, you know, sometimes the, the local folks, you know, they might be a little curious and you know, what's going on here. And then we stand around and chat with them, tell them what we're doing. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen, you know, have you seen this and seen that? So it's, it's really kind of interesting uh, uh, getting a few of these, a uh, few of the locals involved in, in some of the things we do. But but birding is a is a big uh, a big deal around here and and all of southeast texas uh, the high island area and and galveston island things like that it's uh, it's really big and hopefully it'll keep growing and all down the texas coast they've uh, they're experiencing a a big boom in birding and we're, we do uh, we do pretty good around here and of course everybody uh, and we, you and I talk about this every time, and you remind me they probably don't exist anymore. But the those woodpeckers that everybody is praying aren't gone, but most of us are afraid they are. Yeah, you're you're probably right. The ivory-billed woodpecker, which um, well, they thought they saw, or, what, or at least two people thought they saw, uh, and got a little tape recording of them, uh, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago in in Louisiana, but. Uh, Ironically, the refuge um, now owns a part of the uh, property where they were last documented officially in in uh, in Texas. It's in the Gaylor Lake area off of Highway 105. Uh, there were two, uh, and I use the word "were" because they were shot, mm. and uh, they were uh, they're in one of the Texas museums right now. Uh, and those were the last two that were, like I said, uh, collected um, in 1904. Now, there were many that were seen or heard after that. I don't want to say many, but there were a few. But uh, those were the last that were actually, you know, somebody literally got their hands on them. And uh, now that's part of the refuge, but um, we don't ever expect to see those birds back here again. Those are probably gone, but you've done well with so many others. Uh, as you said, those... Uh those bats. I, I remember reading a uh, a piece in uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife magazine, which I happened to. And and folks, they don't, uh, don't think they're associated with the refuge. Y'all are the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, right? Right. We're we're the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, but we do a lot of partnerships with uh, state agencies. Uh, for existence, uh, for uh, example, we are um, right now working with. Um, uh, Harris County with the Mosquito Control District, and we are um, c- 
capturing live mosquitoes. Uh, we have traps for them where sometimes we catch hundreds, if not thousands, of them. And we send them to uh, or bring them back to uh, Houston uh, while they're alive. If they, if they die, they're of no use. But what they're doing is, is checking them for different types of diseases. Um, uh, everybody, of course, has heard of the Zika virus. But mm-hmm. uh, up until this year, there was no test that you could test a mosquito for Zika. You could only test a human. But you can also test mosquitoes for uh, uh, equine encephalitis and and you know some of the other ones that uh, uh, that are going around and, and and getting folks sick and and killing some people. So we we work with them. We just just today we're starting to work with the Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, and trying to see what kind or how many eels are still in the Trinity River. They're going they're going oh. to use some of our. Uh, some of our areas that touch the river so they can set traps just to see if there's any eels left down this way. So, you know, uh, we work well, you know, even though we are the federal government, we, we work with, like I mentioned earlier, with the, with the city, uh, you know, with the city park. Uh, we adjoin their property, and, and we have a joint thing going with them. We work with the county. We work with the state. We work with other federal agencies. So it's a pretty, you know, ongoing uh, cooperative effort around here to, to uh, you know, keep things natural. Yeah, and and one thing I'd like to bring out because I'm, you know, as we say in East Texas, I'm proud for you. Uh, uh, you worked with some nonprofit groups and got some of these uh, walkways and and pathways built through that area, right? Oh, that that was one of the biggest projects. Uh, we've ever done but you are 100 percent correct we work with so many different agencies to build and and you know it, it doesn't seem long it was a 500 foot boardwalk it was in two two parts there was a space in between it basically but we worked with the afl cio the um, the unions in houston and they brought dozens of people uh on weekends, uh, and we would work building this rather complicated uh, boardwalk because it's in a in a in a flooded area. The boardwalk goes underwater all the time when the water gets up to a certain level, mm. and and it's it's been flooded probably two dozen times since it's been built. I mean, in those two dozen times, it's probably been underwater for four to five months over the past couple of years, and it it's you wouldn't even know it. You know, once it it, it the water drops and it rains and washes the uh, the lumber. Well, we use the plastic lumber. Uh, it uh, it looks, you know, just like it did. And we had uh, those folks um, just working their their behinds off, getting this thing done uh, in in the summer, in the in the winter. It didn't matter. We <laughs> it, it kept flooding so much we never could get a good run at it until to get it done. But it it took a lot of expertise. But we had these union plumbers and union electricians and and uh, even union elevator um construction guys out there that you know didn't know how to use a uh you know may not have ever used a level before or used you know a handsaw you know they used but they were all it was it was great we had a real camaraderie but yes we work with a lot of non-governmental uh, organizations or ngos as they're called 
And we're speaking with Stuart Marcus, and he is the manager of the Trinity River National Wildlife Refuge located in Liberty County along the Trinity River, oddly enough, considering the name. Uh, and your offices, once again, you want to give them the telephone number and stuff because I want to make sure they can get a hold, how to get a hold of you and find out more about you. Sure. Our office, again, is located uh, at 601 FM 1011 in Liberty, which is also known as Governor's Road. That's 601 FM 1011. And our phone number here is 936-336-9786. And if, uh, if we're not in, we're only open from, from 8 to 430 uh, Monday through Friday. But if we're not in, please leave them leave us a message and we will surely get back with you and, and help you uh, wherever we can. And for those uh, that are looking for something to do in Liberty County on a weekend or uh, maybe I better back off that, it, something to do, Governor's Road, do you know if the uh, uh, Price Daniel Mansion, uh, is, still, is it open again? I'm, they're doing some renov- renovations at the um, at the Sam Houston Regional Library across the street from us, so I'm not sure what is open right at the moment, but uh, I guess that would just be another interview, RT. You know, you there you go. Got to give them a call. And I'll give them a call. See what's going on there, but uh, we we work with them quite a bit. Uh, we we go over there and and say howdy, and they come over here every now and then. So um, I'm just yeah. going to say that's it. you can spend a a good weekend uh, between the two or three areas right there on the uh, Governor's Road. That's true. Uh, you know, people don't think there's all that much to do in Liberty County, but if you're a hunter, a fisherman, a bird watcher, a kayak canoeer, if you're a genealogist, uh, you know, if you you want to study history, uh, boy, it's all all right here. It's right there in that one one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of the hunting and stuff, we want to touch on it lightly because, uh, as you said, that's a little ways away. But you do have uh, uh, times of the year that you take permits for uh, hunting and and uh both deer and small game and birds, right? That's correct. Uh, uh, folks, again, could get onto our website. And actually what we have on there now is what we did for this past year. Coming up in probably August, uh, we will have the new dates and um, uh, you know activities going on for the hunt program at the Trinity River Refuge. It's... Uh, it's uh, lottery draw uh but you generally have a pretty good chance uh those folks from the houston area haven't really found out about us yet so (laughs) most we get mostly locals uh though we do get folks from around the state and uh it'll be coming up soon and you can find out even there you could take a half an hour reading all the different kinds of hunts we have muzzleload archery big game waterfowl uh, just all different kinds of of hunting in different areas to hunt in and you have different choices so yeah please please look it up and and then come next uh, couple of months we'll, we'll get the new stuff up and uh this is just a real quick we were talking about the lake area but as you said there's a lot of low area waterfowl that's a major flyway area right through there they'll stop off quite often right if there's water in the bottoms uh, certain species will will really um uh, hang out here. We probably our top birds that that, that our hunters get around here: are wood ducks, gadwall, um, hooded mergansers, um, mallard. 
so the, those are those are the biggies uh, uh, for us. It's a a great area out there. I uh, appreciate all the work y'all do. Uh, it's not easy work as you've uh, talked about the in the past but it's got to be rewarding i sure do appreciate you taking the time and being my guest today Stuart. thank you for letting us spread the word folks my name is rt low and i host for your information here on cox radio if you're having an event this is for non-profit events something of interest to the community i'd like to help share that information send the information to r period t period L-O-W-E at Cox, C-O-X, Inc, I-N-C, dot com. So that's R period, T period, L-O-W-E at Cox, Inc, dot com. Okay, well, I guess that wraps it up for Cox Radio. For your information here on Sunday morning, we appreciate you listening. And Picker, take us on home.